GM, and welcome back to the NFT Now podcast live from the Gateway, special edition recorded at our five-day Web3 Arts and Culture Festival during Art Basel, Miami. You already know, we took over two city blocks, 12 buildings, and brought the entire Web3 community together uh, for amazing immersive art installations, leading speakers, performers, and more. But if you missed out, didn't have your act together in time, it's okay. We got you covered because we have no shortage of incredible conversations to roll out from the week uh, as we gear up to relaunch season two of the NFT Now podcast. Uh, This week's guest honestly almost needs no introduction. Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V, founder of VFriends, VaynerMedia, so much more, and one of the most significant figures in the space. Everyone wants to know what he thinks. Now, This was a great conversation. Honestly, probably the best attended panel of the week. It was packed, standing room only to hear Gary talk about crypto winter, building in the bear, the future of vFriends, and business insights, and beyond. So, before we jump in, just want to encourage you, if you haven't already, sign up for the NFT Now newsletter at nftnow.com. Each week, we take all the mayhem and the action of what's happening in this very fast-paced space uh, and deliver actionable insights directly to your inbox. Well, without any further ado, Gary V. What's good, everyone? What's going on, Gary? Good to see you. What a vibe. What a vibe. All right, let's talk about this. Let's get right to it, man. You've been saying this, that 97% of all NFT projects are going to go to zero. You've been saying this is the dawn of NFTs. We are not in crypto winter. We're in crypto frostbite. I heard that earlier. Um, let's talk about the state of, the, of our industry. What do you see? What's happening? And how, do we, how the fuck do we get out of this? I think we get out of it with patience. It's just the same reason I spoke about the 97, 98% that I kept throwing out a year ago. It was just because there was so much greed and short-term behavior. And that's, you know, that's okay. Humans are flawed and that was understandable. And luckily, unlike so many of the beautiful people here in the audience, I've got gray hairs and I saw this movie in 1997 to 2001. It was called The Internet. With The Internet though, the companies had to go public and they were IPOs and not as many people were playing in it and people that were playing in it were professional investors. And that was carnage. With this, there was so many more young people in it who'd never really been professional investors. Everybody had access to it. And so my anticipation was that it was gonna be much more challenging. And so that happened because the greed was so heavy, the, the correction happened so quickly, but then there was also macro situations. Let's not pretend that Wall Street hasn't been hammered in the last year. Let's not pretend that Wall that real estate's about to get completely annihilated. Inflation's been difficult. The biggest tech companies in the world are laying people off by the by the hundreds, by the thousands. So we're in an economic correction. This was already wildly speculative and new. And we get out of it the same way the internet got out of it. In 2001 to 2004, a lot of the websites you know, the slash dots, the friendsters, 
they became the previews to the Reddits and the Instagrams. And I think here in the next 36 months, including many people in this room and definitely people that are down here in Miami, that over the next 36 months, people are now gonna build meaningful things instead of fast things for fast cash. And then we'll look up in seven or eight years and be like, oh shit, it was 2023 when this started really getting built. So let's talk about that oh shit moment because you have been at the forefront of digital, right? You investor in Facebook, Uber, first YouTube guy on selling wines, right? What does it take to build a business on fundamentals, knowing what you know today? Because it feels like to me, Gary, it feels like to me that anytime I speak to new founders, they're raising capital off a deck, pre-product, pre-revenue. They're getting these massive evaluations that are literally hyped up gas air. What does it take to build a business on fundamentals? Building a business on fundamentals. <laughs> and, and, and what's interesting about that is, like, that's what it is, right? I, I did a lot of investing last year in Web3, really looking for my Amazon or my eBay because I knew that we were in this place, but I also knew and still believed that four to seven of the projects and four to seven of the companies that were rolling last year, they might be in down rounds, they might not be as valued as much, their floor price might not be as good, but I do believe in seven or eight years there'll be some monsters there. So I was in tons of meetings. I mean, all of 2021, uh, most of 2021, half of 2022, not only was I executing friends, but I invested in your company, I invested yep. in lots of companies, and I was in tons of meetings. And, you know, 19 out of every 20 meetings, the person on the other side of the Zoom was unable to answer the second chess move of the question, which is fine. I mean, people are going through their process, but, you know... The, What's that second question? What's that question? How are you going to create demand when the market softens? Nobody was capable of giving me a fun answer. Like, almost no one. And if they said, well, I'll do marketing, you can imagine that's a place where I feel comfortable when I ask the next question of, like, how, it would be very generic. Look, you are sitting here with the knowledge of us having an actual business meeting. Yep. And me giving actual advice uh, as an investor. You grilled us. So just to give you guys a little point of story. Uh, nicely. Yeah, nicely. Nicely grilled. Um, Sam Heisel, my co-founder, used to work at VaynerX. At Vayner, he stood up Vayner Talent with you. And through that connection, we started having the conversation with Gary Vee, talking about the future of Web3 Media. And it was like the two-hour conversation. You're like, I only got 15 minutes. And it ended up being a two-hour jam where and you went into it and deeply. It's the, and it's the version of me that's Gary Vaynerchuk, not Gary V. Right. When I'm making content, I can only go so deep on a podcast or a quick piece of TikTok. Like, you just, it is what it is, right? Obviously, the podcast goes deeper. Daily V was able to go deeper. Yep. But there's nothing like an actual business meeting where we're talking about private information. These are actual meetings. And I, you know, for me, I've always been more proud of that version of me than all of the sizzle. To me, I'm proud that I'm an actual businessman. It's how I associate mm -hmm. with my own self. And yeah, I mean, I think for everyone sitting here with their ambitions and things of that nature, like real shit takes time to build. Like it, it's supposed to be hard if you're trying to live a 1% of a 1% life. You know, and I think that, you know, you gotta go through those battles and those things. And I think a lot of people are going through that right now. I actually think for a lot of people, 
who've lost money on paper or have lost actual money. It's devastating, it hurts, it fucks with your psyche. But there's a lot of people in this room that I'm looking at that represent the whole space and to learn these lessons at this part of your journey is actually remarkable because it likely doesn't allow you to make the same mistake twice. It lets you get pattern recognition. You know, there's a lot of people who regret not selling some of their NFTs at X price compared to what it is now, maybe in 12 years when they're investing in real estate or other things or the stock market or NFTs, they'll sense the patterns. And so experience is good. Something that doesn't actually kill you is often a tremendous thing. And I think a lot of people are not seeing the upside of what's happening right now. They're counting the lost money that was on paper for most people anyway. It was just on paper anyway. You don't lose money until you sell it. And people are gonna learn patience through this. And more importantly, a lot of people are gonna leave this space. Like if this is, if like look, there is absolutely, whether it happens or not, there's absolutely indicators that next year might be very challenging economically. That means we may not be at the bottom of these prices. And a lot of people who quit their job two years ago to start in this space may have to get a job in March or June. And there's good, just like the internet. When I was in web two, I was really in a liquor store in New Jersey for web one, so I didn't really know the Silicon Valley people. But as my career was growing, a lot of the people I met had left Silicon Valley in 2000 and got a real job at AT&T and Omnicom. Like, you know, and I, I think that's the destiny for a lot of people here. They will leave a year or two early or five years early, not because they don't believe, they just can't afford it. Yep. They didn't play it that way. They may not be willing to live that humbly for five years. Like everyone talks about like being about that life until that life punches you in the fucking mouth. <laughs> yeah, and it, actually uh, uh, to, he's very, 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 very accurate on this. So we had a meeting in January. I remember a Zoom call and we were anticipating the bear market. Remember, we were like, yo, we see the indicators. We have this conversation. It was Matt, Sam, and I. And I asked you, hey, Gary, how do we navigate a down market? Because I'm seeing all the signals that a down market's coming. And Gary's response to me was, be humble. Like, be okay with tightening the belt. Be okay with making tough decisions. What does be humble, because Gary, You've stood up multiple businesses. Your net worth is north of a couple hundred million. You've got some great track record on investments. Just VFriends alone, 50 million led by Andreessen Horowitz. You've taken it now from digital into the real world, in Macy's and Toys R Us. You've got the shoes with Reebok. You got the full nine, like uh, K-Swiss, right? Was it K-Swiss? Yeah. You got this whole literal, I want to call it a kingdom of marketing, right? How do you stay humble? Because it's so easy for it to get to your head, but you have no nice watch. You're always on a t-shirt. You're always who you are. How do you practice humility? Business success doesn't mean shit. That's how. If I die tomorrow, I'll trend on Twitter for 24 hours, and then the next day, everybody will move on with their life. Like, I just don't think being good at making money or being a good entrepreneur enables one to think they're better than other people. I don't have my validation in my business success. I don't think I'm special in any shape or form. 
I have much more validation in what the people that actually know me feel about me. You guys have some employees that used to work for me, what they think about me because they actually know me and how I treat them. All the bullshit that I spew, I live. I believe in kindness. I believe in like good. I believe in that stuff and I just, it's very hard for me to think my net worth or my good investing behaviors or my ability to navigate and operate businesses make me any better than any person on earth. And so it's just what I believe. I just, I don't understand watching people, like just watching people navigate the amount of fucking douchery that happened in this space when somebody went from like zero to like 12,000 Twitter followers and they thought they were somebody was fucking asinine. Not to mention anybody who's imposing themselves on someone else based on anything like money or followers or status are just showing their hand of deep insecurity. Like if you need a blue check mark to make yourself feel better, you've got some fucking problems. And so I don't, you know, for me, it's because I had great parenting and I came from fucking humble beginnings where I knew that being poor, like, and being happy was very real. Mm -hmm. And so like, I'm not too tied up in like, that's gonna solve my problems. I really enjoy, you know, for me, this is about liking people. I wanna support you guys. I just flew in, like I, didn't, I fucking crammed this in, why? Why did I do that? I wanna support you guys. Yep. I like seeing the people, like I like fucking, I, like the seven people I dap up on the way out as I rush to my meeting, that's nice. I, I like people, that's why social worked for me, that's why life works for me. Humility, is very easy when you're a nice person and you're happy inside. I love that. And speaking of kindness, you are a kind assassin. And you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. All right. So let's, I'm going to shift this over to business because no one fucks with Gary. You always win. You know that. You, I, I definitely don't always win. So let's talk about that. When haven't always, you won? But I'm always playing to win. You know, like I want to win. Like, I want my companies to be the biggest. I want to win, it's my game. Like, what are we doing here? It's a game, I want to win. I don't think that's a bad thing. I'm fiercely competitive. However, I do think that for me at least, I don't think my winning comes out of anybody else's pocket. So for me, it's like, I wanna win, but I want everybody else to win too. In the agency land, when we pitch a new piece of business, if another agency wins, all right, like we lost. Like we didn't tell the client what they wanted here. They went somewhere else. It's not like I hate Johnny or Ricky, right. you know? I, I get pumped watching all these projects do well. I don't think VFriends not being the number one valued project is bad. I plan on it, it being the number one project. I'm convinced it's gonna be the number one project. Like I think when all the dust settles in 22 years, you're gonna forget about a lot of names that we fuck with today and I'm gonna be fucking dominating. But if I don't, I'm gonna be pumped for World of Women or Bored Ape or you know whoever. Or people. NFT now, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, I don't, I'm surprised that people don't know how to balance trying to be successful and enjoying their process and loving their game and being competitive with also being okay for rooting for everyone else, including people that are direct competitors. I just think the world is abundant and I, I'm gonna get mine. Nobody's stopping me from getting mine which is why I cheer for everybody else to get theirs. That's fucking right, man. All right, let's talk about this getting yours. Be friends. You are just announced VCon once again, and you raised 50 million earlier this year. You're now at Macy's, Toys R Us. You're taking it to the next level. 
What do we expect from BeFriends in the next 12 months? Next 12 months, you know, we need to really execute VCon. VCon was such a big hit last year. I think for a lot of people that were there here and a lot of people watching, I think people got a sense of like, oh, fuck, that was good. And so I, I'm excited because I think... Are you leveling it up or are you going to... You know, it's weird. I was telling you, we, we are leveling, leveling it up so much, but I said to the team, I'm like, we're doing so many things better so much earlier and it still might not be better because the gods were just smiling on us. Like the size and scale of that event... And like kind of how naive we went into it. And like, you know, I'd never done that before. Like you go through, you know, I'm going through my own first experiences too. Like it went so well. Yeah, I think it's a lot better. And I think it's going to be great. And I really do hope like everybody here comes because it's really great like that. It's not only this space, it bleeds into like my community space, which I think has an extra good vibe. I really do believe that. It's practical, but it's positive. And so we'll do that. I, we're doing a lot of technology work. What is that? Yeah, because I saw you. You guys, yeah. you just hosted yeah. a test. That I think like a few weeks back. I did. Yeah. We're building an internal live platform. I believe in access, both virtual and physical, and I want to control that entire experience. So we've been building. I'm thinking a lot about, you know, uh, deflation dynamics. So what do you mean what, by deflation well, between dynamics? Book, between book games and series two V friends and series one, I've got a lot of NFTs out there and there's a couple of things that I want to put into the world that I think are really cool for the collection, but I don't want to sell them. I want to reward the people that have already been in my world. So I think we've got some really cool creative ways. So, are we, to do that. so we, are we going to be burning some NFTs? Are we going to be claiming? Are we going to be exchanging? I don't want to give you too many scoops. Come on, we got to give us the alpha. The people want the alpha, right? You guys want the alpha, right? You got to give them the alpha. I mean, I just gave it. I, mean, hey. I just gave it to you. Like, it's there. You got it. So we're going to do that creatively. Um, but I think more importantly, a lot of the interviews I did early on, I was very active and loud when it was awareness time. And, you know, I view this as 1980s after school cartoon world, right? I've always compared the NFT landscape last year to after-school 80s television, where if you look at the 80s, there was a combination of after-school cartoons and Toys R Us. Yo, what was your favorite cartoon? You got to talk about this. Well, my favorite cartoon was probably Tom and Jerry, like, because that's when I was learning English and in America, so that always, like, has a place English in my heart. with Tom and Jerry? That's well, that's I know, like, <laughs> Scooby-Doo was big for me, Ooh, but, like, those yeah. were the cartoons, but, you know, Transformers, My Little Pony, the rebirth of G.I. Joe, you know, Care Bears, you know, Thundercats. There was a lot of IPs built. And I think that's what happened here. I think we'll look in 25 years and I think there'll be 25 meaningful intellectual properties that happened in 2020, 2021. Are you taking V-Friends into the, the silver screen or the big 100%. screen? 100%. I'm treating this like an intellectual property. I want movies and amusement parks and cartoons and video games and Roblox and then I want to mature it. I think of it like Marvel. Marvel started quite young, but 30, 40 years later, there was mature movies. Right now, the V Friends look young. I plan on maturing them over time. I, I really am quite confident. I think building the Gary V brand, given how specific of a communicator I am, that I'm just one human being, my personality, communication style, doesn't hit for everyone. It even turns off a percentage of people right away. That's been a lot of work for me the last 15 years, and it's very narrow. Getting the world to fall in love with Hot Shit Hornet or Rare Robot or Patient Panda or Empathy Elephant is actually, for me, easier. It will take 20 years, but I have a very clear vision, a really clear 
team. I'm also very fortunate. I've spent the last 13 years building Vayner. You know the quality of our people, Yo, some of your amazing, partners, some yeah. of your employees. I have 2,000 global employees. 30 of the employees at VFriends this year will be from Vayner. I don't have to train them. These are six, seven, 10-year relationships. I'm not fooling around with this shit. This is not like, oh, I'm here to have a quick buck or have a little bit of fun. Like This is no question in my personal mind, the business that puts me in a position to achieve my life business goal of buying the New York Jets. And so I'm going to take it very seriously. <laughs> the Jets. I'm, I'm genuinely not worried about the winter. I was born in fucking Belarus. The winter doesn't fucking scare me. That's right. You know what I mean? And in two ways. One, it's fucking cold in Belarus and I never wear a jacket. And two, I grew up in a fucking shit place. My family went through a ton of stuff. Like a bump in a road, like price correction of digital assets doesn't fucking scare me. I wasn't buying a private plane or a fucking rolly or anything fucking fancy with the make pretend money. I don't need that shit. I need the process to build my shit. I need the game. I need to be an entrepreneur. It's who I am. Not because it's a fucking fad now, because it's always been who I've been. Even when it was a fucking shit thing to do in the 80s, 90s, and 2000. So I'm just living my fucking life, doing my thing, genuinely not worried about the cheering or the booing. I'm gonna fucking execute. I have no interest in debating anybody about anything. I'll see you in 2037 and we'll calculate the fucking score. Let's fucking go. All right, let's calculate the score. Let's calculate the score. How many crypto punks in your wallet? I think 61. 61 crypto punks. You also triggered a run on the crypto punks you ended up buying a punk for like a couple seven figure punk right yeah from day one i was like man so punks punks is the only project including v friends that i'm 100 on 100 because with v friends i could die and if i don't execute the demand then it doesn't play out so apes world of women you know every project all of them they all have to execute Punks doesn't have to execute shit. That's why you notice when shit gets hairy, punks always kind of to move and everything else. Punks has history. It's a fucking artifact. It's, a, it's got history on its side. It doesn't have to execute. And so that's why for me, that's been, and all the older projects, Skulls, which yep. I know caused a lot of hoopla. Like, <laughs> I remember that. Crypto man. Strikers. Like, I like the older stuff because they don't have to do shit. All the new stuff, all of us have to do a ton of shit. A ton. From my project to the other top 100 projects, cats, penguins, all of them, everybody has to execute for a decade, in my opinion, just to justify what the fuck they're worth right now. So think about that. So with punks, that was why I saw that. I'm like, this is forever. Yep. This is the history one. This is the safest. And that's where I went. And what are some of your favorite NFTs outside of punks? It's really challenging for me to answer that right now. I'll tell you why. I have been in a complete VFriends cocoon. And I think a lot of people in this space know this. I've been trying to like be out there a little bit, but I'm like so deeply aware that if I don't navigate this time properly, that- What does properly mean? Because like- Not I, wasting money. Okay. You know, uh, grabbing M&A opportunities as people go out of business, acquiring the best talent, building out the value proposition, thinking about things like, the burning mechanics, deflationary, yep. thinking about things like the added value that I'm creating for the people so that hold it. With like those working. details, 
What are some projects that are signaling to you that have those fundamentals that you just mentioned? The, the number one thing I promised myself six years ago when I was like, oh shit, I think I'm going to be known by a lot of people and that just comes with a lot of baggage was don't talk about shit ever, ever, ever that you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Do not have a receipt on the internet where you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Receipts, motherfuckers! Remember that? That was yes. like crazy. The Jets have me always most on tilt and most hype. So this is just the truth. I have been so out of the loop for the last 10 months watching every other project because I've been so focused and really focused on ours that it scares me to answer that question because I haven't really Horse thought blinders. it. As a matter of fact, one of the things I'm most excited about for this holiday is I'm gonna have some downtime. I have this nice little chunk of like seven days where I really have downtime and I'm not really great at just laying down and not doing shit. I'm like, oh. Are you sure about that? Yeah, Are you sure? Very sure. <laughs> so I'm really excited to actually like do a backtrack of what's been going on for the last nine months. Like who did this and why and who did that and why. And so like right now, I don't have my finger on the pulse of like what cool cats or doodles or apes or world of women or any of the projects are doing or who are the come up people. I still have a lot of passion for one-of-one one artists. I think there's a lot there to uncover. I think when you kind of look in 15 years, like, who was it? It was like, oh, fuck. While we were looking at all these 10K avatar projects, there was these six artists doing one-of-ones that that was the actual collectible thing to do. So I'm intrigued by that space. I'm intrigued by the tech, you know, warm wallets, hot wallets, cold wallets, icy wallets. Like, there's a lot of fun stuff there. I think the whole thing with, like, people getting educated on like what is decentralized versus not. Back to like not talking about shit, I don't know, when the FTX thing happened, yep. I get bombarded, CNBC, Wall Street Journal. I'm like, I don't fucking know anything about FTX. Like, I never even looked at one, one exchange. I didn't spend a minute. I have not spent one minute on exchanges because my brain was always like, well, that's not, that's not, that's not the thing. Yeah. Like, that's not, that's not the thing. So I just didn't even, like, spend time on it. So I have nothing to say on that, because other than fraud is fucking the worst, you know? But, like, so, you know, I think I'm just focused on that. So th the answer is I'm not sure, which is, again, for all the fucking hoopla when I was doing it, like, even I'm actually kind of itchy to buy some shit. And what am I looking at? 2017, 18, and 19 projects. Historical I still, NFTs, I'm ladies and gentlemen. I'm still more excited about buying a plasma bear that was made by Xcopy than I am about like something that came out in 2021 that has to execute perfectly for 17 years to justify its current floor price. We have not hit zero. Every project in OpenSea, number 300 and down, right now, if we go click on it, and yep. this is the 300th rank one, and the 400th rank one, and the 500, every one of those that are like $200 floor, that's going to a penny. It just can't sustain it. It's just math. That's it. And so, like, to me, that's what I think about. All right. So we have two minutes left. Let's do quick rapid fire. And then I'd like to hear from you. What is going to be your legacy after you leave? I can answer that right now. Let's that do I, it. That I gave more than I took and that I gave a real, real, real fucking swing at it to teach people that you can be kind while being ambitious, that you can be incredibly selfless while being okay with being selfish for you and your family. I'm gonna give that a real run for 40 years from here on out, 50 more years from here on out, and I'd, I'd like to think that that's what my legacy was. Most successful failure. Most successful failure. You know, probably, I won't go too deep because we're running out of time, yep. but there was a lot of failing 
that happened for me being in business with my dad and my brother that like on paper seemingly is failing for me economically. And I would argue that it's the only thing in my life that I would never change because it was so successful because my relationship with my dad and my brother is so off the fucking charts and amazing. And it really like, I have a lot of passion to write a family business book before I die because I think people completely misplay it. And there's a lot of things that are completely not talked about that I would love to see be more popularized. Garage sales or historical NFTs? <laughs> They're the same game, so this is so hard. Garage sales in the summer, because like I can go out and do it, and there's just something about that 5.30 in the morning coffee, and I'm like, I'm going to fucking find the rarest toy of all time. But in the winter when I can't garage sale, there's nothing like going and doing a little exploring in some of the old Discord anthropology stuff, and so that's fun. All right, last 20 seconds, Gary. Um, if you were sitting down in front of your 30-year-old version, knowing what you know today, what do you tell him? Everything you think is right. You know, I think, and, and, I'll, and I'll make it valuable to everybody. Let me tell you what that's grounded in that I'd love to push everyone here to rely on just a little bit more. I think we do not have a strong contemporary conversation in our society around intuition. I think we completely don't talk about it. There isn't a whole lot about it. None of us sitting here are like, oh, that's my fucking card. It seems impractical. It seems a little too foofy. What 30-year-old me had is what 47-year-old me has right this second. A deep fear to not listen to my intuition. Yo, that's, my great, that's my greatest fear, not listening to myself. It like actually disrupts my sleep, my patterns. Like if I don't listen to my intuition, everything breaks Let down. Let me tell everybody here why it's a big one. The thing that sucks the most is losing on someone else's sword. What's cool about intuition is when you fuck up, at least you did your thing. So many people here listened to someone else and it didn't work out and that shit fucking sucks, right? So if we can get more into intuition, I think that would really help, and that's what I would tell the audience. Here's Thank you, everyone. Guys. Well, there it is. Gary V. live from the Gateway. You know, it's always interesting hearing Gary's perspective because Gary has always been a forward-thinking guy. Hindsight's 2020. but you have to remember that back when Gary got into the social media game, there were no shortage of doubters and detractors about the future of social media. Sound familiar? lot of parallels between then and now with Web3. And Gary has always been ahead of the curve and acted with conviction. Look at how he parlayed his social media audience into a Web3 community with vFriends, now vCon, and beyond. So this was an incredible panel to listen to, hearing about his business insights, his humility, and building during the bear, showing up every day, which is what he's doing, what we're doing. And if you're listening to this right now, what you're doing too. We are still early, whether it feels that way or not. So we want to thank you for showing up and listening to the NFT Now podcast live from the gateway. Before we leave you, ah, we love your feedback. Want to hear what you think. So go to your podcast streaming service of choice, leave us some stars and let us know uh, as we gear up to relaunch season two of the NFT Now podcast. Without any further ado, we will see you next week.